right. So welcome, everybody, to another episode of the Computer Systems Podcast. Uh, today, we're going to be talking about a few of the recent hardware launches, um, some you know performance results, um, things like that. We have um, Matt coming on. We'll have Kelly here, William, for the product side of things. And um, this one's a little, we're kind of, we're kind of, uh, doing it live, uh, as it were. Um, we had our big, we had a big meeting just prior to this that only just ended a few minutes ago. So we're kind of bam, 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 bam. Bear with us while we uh, kind of get things a little set up here. So, oh yeah, here we go. So I was saying, here's Matt, or he's over there. Welcome, Matt, and we have William. What's up, William? How you doing? Oh my. Hey. Yeah, we're live. <laughs> I might have to drop out for a second. I'm having a hard time sharing my screen. That's okay. Well, these these first we'll few minutes that. are going to be a little a little wonky, so please bear with us. Uh, we just came back from a our big our big marketing meeting just prior to this. So. Yeah, I'm going to have to drop out. I'll be right back. Sure, no worries. Hey, William. <laughs> hey. <laughs> Okay. Can you hear me all right? Uh, there's yeah. no actual webcam in here, so I'm just on my laptop. Oh yeah, yeah, no, that sounds okay. Oh. Man, wait, one of the, we're missing a, we're missing a webcam. I think because this is a conference room rather than an office. Oh, right. <laughs> yeah. So, well, I mean, since I have you here, we can get some of your part out of the. We'll get we can get started with your part while we wait for Matt and Kelly to kind of figure things out. Um, sure. So uh, the big the big. I wasn't allowed to talk about it before basically yesterday, uh, what it is we're going to be talking about today. Uh, so 3090 Ti um, mm-hmm. and also the 12900 KS. Yes, sir. Yeah. So how? what, what do comments do you have as far as your part of things? Uh, I mean, they're basically analogous products from two different companies, which is kind of interesting given the timing. These are both mid-generation. The 30 series have been out for a while. The... Of course, video cards have a longer life cycle usually. So 30 series have been out for like, I don't know, a year or something. Uh, the uh, 12th gen core processors from Intel have been out for six months, something like that. I think we've been carrying them for about four. Uh, yes. so we were a little late on the, the bandwagon. But um, so midway through life cycles on both products. And they're coming out with new higher performance versions of products that already existed, 3090, 3090 Ti. It's got a few more CUDA cores clocked a little bit higher. Mm. Uh, uh, 12900KS is basically the same internal core structure as the 12900K, but Mm. clocked a little bit higher. And then both of them, the big story is the way they're getting away with performance is by increasing power limits. Yeah. Uh, So... Although uh, some of that, like, that's super true for the 3090 Ti, but what's interesting to me with the KS is they've increased the turbo power limit, but not the total power limit. So, like, if you're completely using the CPU, it shouldn't be any different than the K, the normal K. Yeah, and and we don't see much. We see, I think, what, a few percent in a lot of cases up to, like, 8% at the most in, was it It something in Unreal? Yeah. So... Um, in neither of these have dramatic performance increases. It's a few percent in both cases, um, you know. So it's just interesting that they're so close together. It's not the first time these sorts of things have launched. NVIDIA has done TI versions before. Intel, this is probably the highest profile one, but they have done uh, like a mid-generation premium specialty product a few times. Sure. Uh, a couple generations ago, it was the, what, 108086 or something like that? For mm-hmm. like oh, there's, a, yeah, there's the 8086, and then there was a 10900KS or 9900KS. It, it was one of those. And that, one, yeah. and that one was really interesting because it was only available to like SI system integrators, you know, like, like us or Dell mm-hmm. or you know, those kind of people. This one, it's supposed to be available to like everybody, right? The, the 12900KS? I think eventually, at least, I think the uh, launch, my impression was it was a system integrator sort of focused thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I don't think that's the, the permanent plan. Okay. Yeah, I do believe it's supposed to be more widely available, like period. Because I know some of those other ones, like these special models, like We're we just, just never even listed them because it was like, well, we know we can get a dozen. But like, <laughs> yeah, okay, that's great exactly. if you're like building your own computer. But for us as a company, that's like, that's a day's worth of product. Like, yeah, it's nowhere near around, enough. 
yeah, I think they got the memo on that because we've got a hundred, I think, on the shelf. Um, okay, good. So we've got plenty as a good start, and we can get more. Um, sorry, the lighting in here is not particularly. <laughs> I was going to say, did they turn the lights out on you? No, the <laughs> lights are up there. It's yeah. just the it's laptop turn up the brightness on your monitor. I was about to say, yeah, I think <laughs> I'm just going to try and jack that up. That's a trick at home that works. I have I have on the other two monitors. It's just white white web pages to help because <laughs> I'm kind of backlit myself. Yeah, yeah. This is a, this is an interesting one, I, and and. As far as like the 3090 and 3090 Ti go, I feel like it's kind of a a weird product in itself. Um, mm-hmm. It's it's um, I, I've been tossing around kind of in my own head and, and amongst my own like friends and stuff that it's really a Titan card. It, they just didn't they just didn't call it that this time around. Um, no, they dropped the brand. Yeah, the, the 2000 brand. right. The, the 20 series cards had um, the 2080, 2080 Ti, and then the RTX Titan. And I know in the past, Nvidia has kind of been um, unappreciative of people using Titans in work, like uh, kind of professional workflows. Uh, because that's part of why they branded it with GeForce. I think it was like it was meant to be. It was kind of meant to bridge the gap between GeForce yeah. and Quadro, and I feel like that's kind of the case again with the 3090, 3090 Ti. And th- I mean, is that does that feel right? It seems. Oh, I think so. Titan definitely was like that bridge. It, it was the in between GeForce and and Quadro. Um, I think a lot of that bridge is just kind of gone now. Um, sure. Like they've really eroded the differences between GeForce and Quadro. It used to be that like Quadro had 10-bit display out support. GeForce now supports that. Um, they had um, higher VRAM. And yeah, yeah that's, that is true. And like still the 3090 Titan is kind of like the in-between. Oh, Kelly's loud. Um, so there is still kind of that, but like, there's a lot of the stuff, um, even like driver support. They're, they now have the studio drivers for GeForce that they don't do as much as they do on the Quadro line. But man, they are way less problematic for people in professional applications than um, <laughs> than uh, the, the the old GeForce or sorry, the game ready drivers. So um, they've kind of eroded that, and that might be why they dropped the Titan designator. Is because like, well, now everything GeForce is kind of that in between. You know, as far you know, going all yeah. all the way up to Quadro, it's just like it, it now all has that. Well, yeah. remember they've also dropped the Quadro name. <laughs> Yes, I know. I still call it Quadro because I don't want to keep calling it like RTX a, series. Because RTX did, A series. Did they drop the A? Oh, here. No, the A is there. No, the uh, A is still there. Kelly, I, I still just worry that the next uh, series they do is going to be like the the B six thousand or something, and then it's going to be like ah, well now what do we call it? The RTX B series, but now like that's not a product family. That's a product line. Yeah, I but, assume just refer to it as professional. Yeah, uh, that might know, be which. Is still an awkward thing because that's not a brand. Um, yeah. But what is the? They've announced what the next gen uh, and like next thing after Ampere is, right? What was it? Um, it was some weird I've never heard. Of. Well, they, they probably announced like the, the product name, I'm sure, or the code name. Yeah. That's well, not... that's what they. That's what the A is from. That's what the Quadro yeah, sure. M yeah. and P and all of those were always the Maxwell the code name. Yeah, Pascal. Pascal. Oh, right. So, so we might Pascal. skip from A to like M, and then back to B, is, and then to Q. Let's yeah, just remember they've announced what the one. next one is. I don't know if they'll be professional video cards using it, but they've announced at GD or GTC what the next one's going to be. It was a scientist name I've never heard of before. Um, Nouveau. No. We're getting uh, I mean, either, either way, bit. yeah, we're going to go off topic here. But, um, but yeah, I, I think at this point, GeForce is well enough established for Loveless. professional use yeah. that we don't need that in between anymore. And honestly, I'm happy with it. I'm glad they just called it 3090 and 3090 Ti because keeping all those Titan lines straight was kind of a pain because we had Titan and then Titan Black and then Titan X and then Titan XP, which and Lil P and, and then a yeah, Little P, but like other people were already calling the old titan the titan xp because we had another titan x yeah and then there's the titan rtx and then the i it was so confusing to keep straight what was current gen so i'm really happy personally that they moved to just yep it's just the top end skew and here's the you know generation is just a 3000 yeah yeah 
But I mean, talking about, sorry, go ahead. Well, it was just an interesting question because I haven't seen this in quite a while from us uh, as well. Perverted Angel Mark asks, uh, have you guys tested anything with the Tesla cards, newer or older? No display outputs make some of the games a, a pain. Pro work, though, I don't know. Not for this stuff. Dawn has tested some of it, I think, in uh, in scientific applications, if I recall. Mm-hmm. Uh, but a lot of those, the bigger problem than no display output is no fan. Most of those are passive cards, which means you need to put it in a rack mount with giant fans in front of it. So it's loud and not a form factor most people can take advantage of. Yeah, they're great for like data center. And uh, we, we did some. We're like, oh, yeah, here's eight Tesla cards in this thing that like you don't want to be within 100 yards of because it's going to blow your eardrums out Uh, so like we did some of those i don't think we do very many of those anymore we we still do like quad or don't we even every once in a while do like octa quadro um we have in iraq uh, they're the platforms for that keep getting harder and harder to mm-hmm. to find and to work with. So four is the most we're doing these days. Yeah. But, uh... And honestly, at a certain point, splitting it up into separate units, I've heard a lot of people prefer because there's a lot of things like um, access. Like if you're using it as a render node, having it all in one node, like sounds great, except when, oh, well, hey, we actually have two artists who want to render something nah, how do you share that node you've got to do like scheduling whereas if there's two nodes you can just be like oh well they get one and they get one and if someone's not using all of it then they can use both like the scaling's good enough you don't yeah. have to have it in the same system you can be spread out and there's other things like how many cpu cores and how much system yeah. ram you need for each gpu depending on what workload you're doing bandwidth to and from the system over you know networking all sorts of things like that so yeah there's definitely a limit to how many you want to cram in a single unit most mm-hmm. of the time. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, you you mind if we talk performance for a bit? Oh, I mean, <laughs> Man, yeah, I want to talk about some of our performance stuff. That's kind of what we scheduled you here for, so I suppose. Yeah, yeah. I want, to sh- I want to show my mind. Man- I want to show numbers and charts oh, and graphs. Oh, man. Matt is so very proud of his like, bar charts. I like bar charts. We'll go right in. We'll Rising jump right in into family. it. Hey, there you yeah, go. Welcome, it's, Kelly. It's, we, we like our church. Join the show. We finally finally got your mic working and everything. I love it. So Kelly's it, actually a completely metahuman render right now. That's why his yeah. video kind of is tweaking out. It's running on a laptop. So kind of. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what that's all about. It's, I don't know. <laughs> this is what happens when we have uh, all of, what was it, two minutes before the stream started. Uh, everyone, everyone run to find an office because we're actually all in the same building today, which yeah. is unusual. <laughs> Uh, okay, yeah. performance so, okay. though. Performance. Performance. So, start, I think I want to start with the 3090 Ti. I mean, that's the one that was out, has been out the longest now because the 12900KS, that was just launched. We're, we're only just about allowed to talk yesterday. about it yesterday. Yeah. 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 Yesterday. Uh, but the 3090 Ti, I mean, there are some use cases where I think people will go for it. Um, like mm-hmm. DaVinci Resolve, at least for me in like the video, photo, post production kind of world, is probably the biggest use for it. And like, yeah, it's not a huge benefit over the 3090, but it's also not that much different of going from a, like a 3080 Ti to a 3090. Um, to me, the biggest problem with the 3090 Ti for Resolve in particular is often when you're getting up to like this level, the yeah. people aren't looking at single GPU. Um, there seems to be like a point where like they get up to like 3080 Ti or so. And then once you get beyond that, they're actually looking at dual GPUs. Um, they still want like the 3090 for the higher VRAM because like that was kind of workflows need both higher VRAM and more power. Mm-hmm. And the problem with 3090 Ti is that it is just it's higher power draw like we were talking about. And I don't think we've even worked out if we can do dual GPU. William, do you have? We haven't gotten a second one yet. We have one. So we don't know. We need a second one in order to test. We've got a shipment of them coming this week, but so far as I'm aware, they haven't arrived yet. Yeah, so hopefully we can still do two cards uh, because I don't think we even do triple 3090 really well because they're triple slot cards you just like really can't can't so what we'll, hopefully we'll be able to do dual cards and have it be safe and and everything because you know as long as you can that's still a really great um you'd either call it like upper like youtuber video blogger or lower tier um like 
professional like studios um because it, higher up studios they're going to go to like the the quadro or sorry not quadro the rtx a series um because that, that's where they can cram in three cards four cards um usually three because then you also have like a video monitoring out uh but they can do three cards and like it's actually going to stay cool it's going to be okay and they can get higher vram um uh, which you really need in those upper 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 workflows so still though for resolve there's going to be some people that want one or two gpus and i think it's a fine card there i don't think it's any sort of like price gouging by nvidia like yeah it's expensive but for those workflows you know where your time is money being able to have that extra performance i think it's is fine and like yes it's like five percent or whatever that is but to those people five percent is awesome it's not like gaming where five percent is like okay well hey now you see 62 fps instead of 60 fps like it's it's a lot more important and higher return on your investment here um, Before you move sorry, on, uh, drone video on YouTube was asking the 3090 Ti is that not going to be a very significant heat issue? Uh, we think so. Well, um, it's going to be yes and no because one of the issues that the 3090 had was that because of the the VRAM chips they use <clears throat> to get 24 gigabytes, they had to put half of them on one side of the PCB, the other half on the back side of the PCB. Oh. So we actually had VRAM chips that are not being actively cooled. Oof. Whereas on the 3090Ti, they use double-sized chips, so they're all on the front now. So Ooh. some things will be better, but that much power might have just total board heat. Yeah, it's probably going to affect more things like your CPU temperature is going to go up because these, at least, because the founder cards don't really vent out much and neither do any of the the aftermarket ones. The founders are um, half and half. Yeah, they're half and half, but it's still going to dump a lot of heat into like your CPU, your RAM, your VREGs and all that kind of stuff. And I think that's mostly what we're concerned about because we did like temperature logs and we looked at it and like, okay everything and like the fan speeds were only at like 50 percent on the 3090 ti so like clearly there's plenty of thermal headroom on the card itself the question is how is this going to affect everything else in the computer and that's the kind of thing we just can't answer until we have multiple cards and once we have multiple cards you can dump them into a system see what happens you know take a look under our thermal imaging and everything somebody send us their 3090 ti <laughs> yeah, just kidding. The like four that exists. No, it sounds like we're getting a whole bunch in pretty yeah. soon. So yeah. that's good. Um, so to move on to like other ones, like Premiere Pro is another one we always look at, and like it's a smaller gain. And in Premiere Pro, it's not as important. Uh, the GPU score in Premiere Pro, it's I would call it borderline synthetic because uh, a lot of our tests, what we do in these kind of applications that use a mix of CPU and GPU. We'll look at like, okay, well, here's our like overall score of like across everything. This is what you see. And here's like best case for like higher end GPUs with the intention of being people are going to fall somewhere within that spectrum and it's different for everyone. So they kind of have to know where they are on that spectrum and then they can make that decision. So this is best case borderline again, synthetic. And here it's, what's that like 3% or something like it's not a big deal. And especially in an app where it's not critical. So we're probably not going to do anything here. We don't even use 3090s very often in Premiere. So yeah. Uh, and it's a lot of the same for everything else. Like After Effects is basically the same thing. Surprisingly, there is a little bit of a bump. The 3090 and 3080 Ti actually are neck and neck. But the 3090 Ti did get a, get a small boost, but it's percent. So it's totally possible. It's run variation. I mean, we, we do test multiple times to make sure that like we don't see large run variations, but there's always going to be a few percent. So, you know, mm-hmm. it could just be that too. Um and that's basically everything I tested. So it's really for like post-production. DaVinci Resolve, I think there is a use case for it. Premiere, After Effects, meh. Um, photography is the other area that I'd normally work in, but it makes like no difference for like Photoshop, Lightroom, or those kind of guys. Like having a it's GPU, yes. 3090 Ti? GPU. No, you, you buy a whole separate second computer for the cost of a 3090 <laughs> Ti. Yeah. Because what, what is MS, MSRP is right at 2K, right? Yeah, I think that's what they said, yeah. Which means being able to actually buy it is probably going to be more like twenty five to three thousand. Yeah, which again um, is furthering that argument that it's a Titan card, not a general like thirty eighty yeah. thirty eighties. You know, like a step up, really. So, yeah, yeah. Certainly, so, it's a high end card. It, it's got some use cases even in post production, but 
Not a lot, but neither does the 3090, I, I would argue. Or the 3090 does in some cases, but not because of the performance, but because of the VRAM. Because uh, oftentimes, uh, like when if you're working with like 8K, like 10, 11 gigs on like 30 or 10 to 12 gigs, like 3080 Ti, it's like, oh, it's borderline. Like, yeah, you'll be okay as long as you're not doing too much. Um, so being able to bump up to that 24 gigs for a lot of people is more of a safety catch because like if you run a VRAM, like you're, you're just screwed. So they're not doing it for the performance. They're doing it for the VRAM. And the 3090 Ti, since it doesn't provide an even higher VRAM, it's like, yeah, not really worth it for the performance. You, you want to talk just, about your stuff, Kelly? Yeah, you want to just keep their screen up? <laughs> yeah, I can, I, can just, I can just scroll down. Yeah. All right. <clears throat> so Unreal, it actually had a decent uh, little yeah. bump there. Um, again, it's kind of the same situation that like most people are going to the 3090 for um, like a virtual production world where they want the VRAM. That's what the main concern is. Um, the 3090 Ti does kind of give a, makes an interesting option for like a, someone who's like an artist that's creating the virtual production sets and stuff like that. Because on LED wall itself, that's going to be run by at least one a6000 maybe two where it's doing inner and outer frustum um so like the artist could have one 3090 ti and then the other system has two a6000s and um so i mean it could be useful it also outside of virtual production doesn't really have a use because <laughs> like in game dev if you need a 3090 ti to get your game working like who are you going to sell that game to Hmm. Um, <laughs> unless you're targeting like four years down the road and you're just getting started and you want a, a GPU that's going to last that long. Although um, you got to think like the marketing departments though, because they want to be able to crank everything up when they do like trailers, right? <laughs> yeah, but they're not going to do the trailer till <laughs> closer to launch. So yeah, and then, I, I had one. Sorry, go ahead. Say so then even then you're not going to capture trailer at more than 60 FPS to put it on YouTube. So <laughs> and do some of those trailers do they not do in real time? Is it like usually it's done in real time? Okay. Uh, the one question I had for you on virtual production, though, is so you're saying you, the artist could use the 3090 Ti. Is there a danger of having mixed match video cards? Like, is it better to actually do the development on an A6000 even if you don't need it because that's what the system running the LED wall is using? Not really. Is there not really? Okay. Yeah. Because the LED wall just comes with so much more overhead that like you're not going to be able to match it anyways. Okay. Um, well, and I guess going from a smaller VRAM card to a larger is the safer direction to go. Right. Anyway. Yeah. And a lot of people are going a 6,000 for the LU wall purely for that 48 gigs of VRAM. Hmm. Um, even if that card might be on their particular scene might be hitting like a hundred FPS that they don't need, they need the VRAM. Well, I guess if you're needing 48 gigs, you're probably not hitting hundred FPS, but you know what I mean? Like, um, yeah, it, it's not that big of an issue. Okay. Um, so we can go to the next, whatever is next <laughs> after Unreal. Scroll oh, in. sorry. That's oh, right. It's my screen. Yeah. Uh, Octane, uh, it's slightly faster. Again, same scenario where, like, maybe it's more worth it to do multiple video cards in a system. And so this might not be the answer. I mean, what do we have? We have 3080 in blower or 3080 Ti in blower. I can't remember. Uh, I know for sure we have turbo turbo 3080s. Yeah, 3080. Okay. But like, uh, it's gonna be interesting to test like how many of those can we put in the system versus two 3090 Ti's for rendering. Like it, it might be better off doing three or four 3080s and then just yeah. one versus two 3090 Ti's. So that'd be interesting. But like, if you're doing just one, it doesn't give you a lot. I think it was the five percent or less. Three yeah. percent, something like that. Not, not a whole lot. And then same thing with V-Ray, I believe. The next oh. one. Yeah, V-Ray. Yeah, that's not a lot. V-Ray really, once you hit the thirty eighty Ti, it really just drops off. And that could, this could actually be a limitation of the V-Ray benchmark. It might Ooh. not be demanding enough that like we might be hitting kind of like the limit of what that can do. Um, I don't really know what's going on behind the scenes on that exact benchmark, but it's just interesting that once you hit the 3080 Ti, it really just kind of trails off. 
Huh. Yeah, you know, I've heard that from a few people of like they don't trust the Octane Bench benchmark because mm-hmm. it's not doing a large enough scene. It's, it's kind of like what we had with Cinebench. Like the reason yeah. Cinebench they had to release the new version is because it got too easy. <laughs> and we might be hitting that kind of point with some of these rendering benchmarks is they're getting too easy. And so, okay, well, hey, we've got to set up our own scenes and you know render through 3ds Max Maya or whatever, which yeah. is a pain. It's so much easier just to run a benchmark, but it's you know it might be that we'll have to actually take that effort. Yeah. I see a comment on Kelly. see a comment on Twitch about that you could do triple thirty ninety TI on SSI SSI CEB. The limitation isn't the size of the board as much as the power because three thirty ninety TIs is thirteen hundred fifty watts, but it could possibly pull more. That's just yeah. for round that up cards. to fifteen hundred. Yeah, fifteen hundred just for video get... card, and then you need the system like yeah 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 you you got to get into dual psu or uh, we were looking at 220 volt power supplies there are some out there that's like 2400 watt um power supplies the problem is that like you gotta like okay if you're gonna run it at home well hey now you no longer have a clothes dryer because you gotta unplug your clothes dryer so you can plug in your computer or like you don't have an oven anymore (laughs) multiple different circuits just to run your computer yeah, and I'm a little bit surprised we don't have more issues on that on our higher end systems already. Like, I mean, I have a problem at my own house where, like, okay, I've got my computer running, I've got a little AC unit, which in the middle of summer, if I run those two, okay, it's okay. But hey, it's also on the same circuit that the TV in the other room is on. So if the kids yeah. turn on the TV, well, now the circuit's blown. It's just like, I'll just right. And like, my computer's not a high end computer. Okay. <laughs> I guess people will probably consider it a high end computer, but it's not one of these things. Like, it's yeah. not a quad GPU or anything. Yeah. My last apartment, I had to like shut down my computer if we wanted to vacuum <laughs> it's like We're not uh, the target audience it turns stuff off that's funny yeah i think that i think that's all of my benchmarks yeah uh, that's all we really yeah. looked at because gpu stuff is a lot more straightforward than like cpu testing there's there's a lot less really to look at especially because we don't tend to do a lot with like amd um, I think we actually did include AMD on some of these. Really? Um, but yeah, well, because like, you can what? see it's right, it's right here. Oh, wow. It's because AMD is just like not a great card for CUDA. like it's these a, kind of workloads. It's the CUDA it's, CUDA is so good. Yeah. And NVIDIA has invested so much in CUDA that mm-hmm. like, it's just, yeah, that's the way people go. Um, and AMD also, like they target gaming so heavily and that that is their focus. Whereas NVIDIA does focus on content creation as well. So there's just inherent benefits to using NVIDIA. Cause like, yeah, would you rather have a 6900 XT or like a 3700 Ti that's like half the cost? Or mm-hmm. I, I don't know what the actual costs are. So like, <laughs> but like, it's just not great, especially when you get into the upper end where like price is less of an object. It's like, oh mm-hmm. yeah, 3090 or 6900 XT. Well, that's 50% performance difference. Like, yeah, you're gonna do that. Cool. Well, then I'm gonna grab this this uh, question from Drone Video on YouTube. Uh, they ask, what is the ideal CPU to use for a cost is no object premiere setup for H.264, H.265 sources normally and reasonable ProRes volumes and lots of Mocha planar tracking? Oh, that's a great question because the ideal um, <laughs> is not an expensive CPU. Uh, so one of the things, um, if you look on, let's see, it's not the Adobe here. Uh, so we have a chart that's like what uh, flavors of H.264 and, and 5 are supported in Premiere Pro. And um, there is a couple of flavors of H.265, the 10-bit 422, which a lot of cameras are starting to move to as like their primary recording format. And the only way to get hardware decoding support is with an 11th or 12th gen uh, in, Intel CPU with QuickSync. So that's the... The consumer CPUs that have onboard graphics, that's how you get QuickSync, because you enable onboard graphics. And uh, so that's the main reason why anyone who's doing like H.264, H.265, we push towards the core line, is because you get hardware decoding support. Because hardware decoding is always going to be light years better than even like a Threadripper Pro, you know, massive CPU and trying to brute force it. Like you can't brute force, you know, an alternative to hardware decoding. So that's the main reason why we typically recommend like those kind of CPUs. And actually, yeah, you can actually see right here, like this the system we have specifically for it. And it's it's for um, it, and it's using the core line. Hmm. Um, ProRes generally is easy enough that like it doesn't really matter what you're using. So generally, that's not as much of a question about like what CPU should you get? Because like, 
it, it, ProRes is the easiest codec to work with, <laughs> like pretty much in existence. Nice. Um, that's what it is made for. Uh, so generally, it doesn't come up as, as part of a conversation for like performance-wise goes. Um, was there anything else on that question? Was that uh, lots question? of Mocha planar tracking? Oh, Mo Mocha, I believe is fairly lightly threaded. I'm not a hundred percent on that though. Um, so it's probably the same thing. It's just 12th gen. I would um, think something like tracking would be more GPU accelerated. It's not. Um, oh. And it's, I, 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 I think I, just because of the way the math works, it's like you're, huh. you're tracking, you know, a little bit and you're having to do it frame after frame. So like you need to know the previous result before you can do the next frame. Whereas GPUs oh. are really good at like, just like mass yeah, trying yeah, to do all of the frames well. at once kind of a thing. So that's hmm. why like color correction is done heavily on GPUs because it can like, it doesn't matter what the previous frame was. It's just like what the current one is. So you can do them all at the same time. Um, hmm. But I'm pretty sure tracking is lightly threaded. I'm not 100% about Mocha. I'm more basing this on what how like After Effects works. Sure. Um, but so yeah, it's probably for all of those use cases. I just get a 12900K, maybe a 12900KS. We'll talk about that in a minute, and uh, and just go that route. Cool. Spoiler alerts. Yeah. Spoiler. <laughs> well, cool. Yeah, I guess that does that's a, a good segue on into the newest product that we can we just was able to talk about yesterday the 12900KS this is what the box looks like at least <laughs> I guess I could get the CPU and I could show you but oh. it looks like a normal CPU <laughs> yeah I can't imagine much has changed there right no it really hasn't yeah um, yeah I mean if there's no other questions to take out we can just jump right into it <laughs> Um, so I, I think the main thing to kind of point out with the 12900KS is the price, um, because I, I think we were expecting it to be a little bit less, um, at least me personally. That is based on like nothing really like we've heard or anything, but I was hoping it'd be like a small price premium. I, I think some people were even talking about, oh, it'll be a replacement to the K. They're mm. just going to replace it with the KS and, you know, same, you know, pricing, you know, kind of how... Was it AMD does that every once in a while with the Ryzen chips, like the replace one? Like they did that with their two thousand their second gen. Like I don't remember. Yeah, I, I think they've done a couple things like that. Yeah. But Intel, no, they, they just decided to make it more expensive. So it's it's seven thirty nine versus five eighty nine for the normal K, which is a fifty? Hundred and fifty. Yeah, uh, dollar difference. So it's it's a small price premium. I mean, that's not massive. You know, it's not a huge increase, but it's a hefty increase if you're talking about just the CPU cost. I mean, we always like to think about it in terms of like the entire system, and like, hey, if you're getting a four thousand dollar com computer, hundred fifty dollars is not that big of a deal. Um, so like, it's not as big of a deal. You don't have to have a hundred fifty dollar or a uh, because whatever that is in percent, like 10%, you, just, you don't have to have a 10% performance gain to go along with it. Because again, you're investing so much money. Uh, but as far as like specs and stuff, like it's basically the same thing. I think in some of our other um, ones, we have actual uh, specs table. Let me find one of those. But yeah, it's basically max turbo frequency has gone up. Uh, if you look, they have a whole bunch of turbo frequencies now. There's like five different specs for turbo frequency. <laughs> I think one, we just listed the max. Yeah, because you, well, you have the oh, P core cool. max, the E core max. You have turbo 3.0. You have turbo 2.0. Um, and so I, I, I mostly just was like, ah, what's the max? Yeah. <laughs> it's way too confusing. Um, so there's that is higher. The processor base power is higher. Um, that one, base power is kind of weird, though, to me. Like, I hate it as a spec because nothing ever runs at base. Right. Ever. Uh, but, yeah, the base power is supposed to be higher. But the maximum turbo, I think we were talking about this a while ago, is identical. So technically, if you are running the CPU all out, it shouldn't be any higher power draw than the normal K. Mm, okay. Actually, that's, that's it nice. usually doesn't actually work out that way. But. Yeah. Huh. Nice. Let's see. Um, so I guess we could just jump right into some performance stuff. So we didn't do quite like a full roundup of everything with the KS because it's basically, we just recently did like full roundups of everything because of, um, was it just a 12th gen launch? Wasn't yeah. that long ago or, or something? Yeah. Um, so we just did uh, like the CPUs that are around it. Um, so like, like Photoshop here, uh, what did we say? 6% faster. So it's like, 
okay, it's a 6% performance gain, uh, which is, you know, that's not bad. It's not a bad performance gain. It's nothing exciting, but as you go up to like the product stack, generally you're not talking about 20% performance gains anyway. Like it starts sure. to get down to 10 and sub 10% performance gains is kind of the typical anyway. So I don't think it's that bad. Um, question is whether you need it for Photoshop. Yeah, maybe not. This is kind of starting to get, you know, pretty high end. You'd have to be working with, you know, pretty huge canvases and stuff where you should really probably be using vector graphics and using Illustrator anyway. But, you know, it, like there might be some use cases. Thousands and thousands of photos or something. Yeah, I mean, tons and tons of layers is definitely layers, another yeah. way of, like it, it can help out. And, you know, so there, there probably is a use case there. I don't know if we'll even list it on our recommended systems. I don't know if, uh, William, if you've even decided yet if we are or not. But It'll probably end up on them, at least anywhere that it has potential performance advantage. But we oh, yeah, aren't listing people. it quite yet because we're waiting for an updated BIOS uh, for more, our motherboard. Right, yeah. Um, yeah, I actually hit that one in just a minute, too. Um, so Lightroom is even less. Like, it was like nothing in Lightroom. So it's like, we probably won't even list it on the Lightroom systems because, I mean, come on. <laughs> There's no point. It, Intel still has, like, a great lead over AMD. And actually, in Photoshop, too, I'll go back up there. Like, the lead over AMD is pretty nice. And, like, Code 900KS extends it there. Um, Lightroom Classic, it doesn't really extend it at all. So it's probably one of those ones where we won't list it because there's not going to be any return on investment for those people. Like, this is not a point. Uh, plus, Lightroom Classic, I, I don't think there's any people that are going to be willing to spend that budget. It seems like Lightroom in particular, um, the software hasn't advanced with, like, hardware. So there's less reason to get a higher-end system for, like, Lightroom because, like, really, the things haven't changed all that much. Like, photo megapixels hasn't really gone up a huge amount in recent years. There's not like any crazy technology that like you're going to utilize with Lightroom, you know, like as far as like effects and stuff goes. So you're usually not like waiting on your computer anyway. So um, After Effects is one. Um, I think we saw yeah 5%, uh, which if I remember right, is about the difference between the 12700K and the 12900K. And man, oh. we have tons of people who jump for the 12900K. So obviously 5% to them is worth worth it. Uh, so 12900KS might um, also be another one where it's like, yeah, okay, it's not going to be for everyone, but it, it's another like in-between step before you go up to like the really high-end workflows where you need crazy amounts of RAM. Because I mean, these platforms are all 128 gigs of RAM, which is fine for a lot of people, but at a certain point, you've got to go up to like Threader Pro Pro in order to get, you know, 256, 512, you know, those kind of ranges. Um, I think I had two other ones. Premiere Pro is another one where it's like, eh, it's like nothing. What was it? Uh, 2%? I just said few percent. I didn't even like give it like a real thing. Uh, yeah. There was a few instances where like it makes sense, but most of those like 4K, 8K red playback, um, most of those people actually doing that are going to be on Threader Pro Pro anyway. So it's one of those like, yeah, there's a gain in these workflows, but no one actually is going to be doing that or it, looking at this level of a CPU for those workflows. So it's like, yeah, whatever. It's kind of like Kelly's stuff where like, yeah, the GPU is way faster if you do like, you know, 480p and you take the CPU totally out of the question, you know, kind of a thing. Or is it, or is it backwards where CPU testing, you have to do it that way. I forget which way it is. I'm not game dev. <laughs> Uh, and then Resolve is kind of the same thing. It's like 2%. So it, at least with my stuff, it's like, it's either a nothing with like on the video side, it's like nothing. And then on the like motion graphics and Photoshop side, there is a small gain that some people will find useful. So it's very much a mixed bag. It's a, sometimes it's okay. Okay. Return on your investment. Sometimes it's absolutely nothing. And you might as well just like save that money and like buy a new office chair. Because it's gonna like that's gonna do more for you in the end than you know the the two percent performance. <laughs> that's funny. What what office chair do you recommend that they buy? Not this one. <laughs> I was say what office chair do you recommend they find for the hundred and fifty dollar price difference? Yeah, I'm gonna say we actually have on our um, we have a page for recommended peripherals, and I, I believe office chair is on there. It's like the one oh, yeah, that we tend to around here. It's actually the one I have at home, and actually I do like it. I, I do like I do the like chair work. Yeah. Yeah, it's just this one's an old one, and it's, uh, it's not great. <laughs> Let's see. I uh, just want to see if we had any questions coming in here. Uh, new NVIDIA cards that they talked about, H100, CUDA-focused AI cards for data center. I saw those. Um, I don't so know how much we're going to do with those. 
And then I, I think more of a rhetorical question about tracking being done with both, handling frame data in some, and then taking a load off the CPU. Um, without knowing more about how it exactly works, it's hard to comment. Yeah, and a lot of that stuff, they don't even like tell you how it works. Like it, it's trade secrets. Spooky it's stuff. Like, well, go to NAB in a few weeks, and maybe you'll be able to talk to like the Mocha guys. Yeah. Well, if they're even there, I don't know. NAB is weird this year. <laughs> All right. So we'll jump into Kelly's stuff. So we can go ahead and switch to my share because I want to go over the details on Unreal Engine. Yeah, Matt, Matt's share is no good anymore. <laughs> well, I want to go to each individual test that I did because um, oh, okay. it makes a little difference. And sorry about my camera. Apparently, I have to I have to modify the BIOS on this laptop to get the Thunderbolt dock to work with the webcam. And I've I've just been telling everybody you're coming in from another universe yeah, and some multi problems. It's okay. I'm actually in Unreal Engine at the moment. Yeah. Um, so uh, there's three tests for Unreal Engine for CPU, and whether or not this is a good CPU kind of depends on what you do. So for code compiling, this is compiling the entire engine from source code. Um, it doesn't really give much performance improvement over the 12900K, like 2%. And for the extra 60 bucks, you can get a much bigger improvement just going up to the 5950. So mm. kind of doesn't help a whole lot here. Um, building lighting uh, gets a better improvement over the 12900K, but still behind the 5950. So again, it might be kind of better just to spend the extra 60 bucks to get the 5950. Um, and then in compiling shaders, which is the one task that everybody in Unreal Engine deals with, there's zero difference between the 12900KS and the 12900K, and they're both well ahead of the uh, 5950 or the 5900. So again, it kind of doesn't really matter. It seems like either if you're not worried about the first two tests, just stick with the 12900. Um, if you do worry about those things more, then a few extra bucks for 5950 is probably the better way to go. And it's probably um, going to be easier to do as well with the because it's DDR4. Yeah. You know, because this is all all of our 12900K and KS testing now is using mm-hmm. DDR5, which I believe there's still supply issues. Yeah. And maybe cost differences. I'm not sure. I've not been paying attention to that anymore. William might know that more. But... Yeah. DDR5 is still more expensive. Yeah. Okay. So that $60 so you... difference might not actually even exist. Yeah. Because once you factor in the RAM, it might just wipe everything out. Um, so like overall it's, it's what I say, two and a half percent, I believe. Yeah. Two and a half percent increase over the 12,900. Um, and then about another two and a half percent behind the 5950. So I don't know. I feel like you're either, you're better off with either of the CPUs that were already out there. So <laughs> not that great. Um, and if you look at rendering, these are not the grade of CPUs for rendering anyways. Um, the only people who are doing rendering on this class of CPU are people who are primarily focused on the 3D modeling, maybe doing simulations and that kind of stuff, because a lot of simulations are still single-threaded. Um, and then just want to be able to do like some test renders and stuff, and then maybe push the entire like movie scene to a, a different render system, or just render it overnight, and they don't care about how long it takes anyways. Um, but you still kind of want to know if you're doing a test render and it's only going to take a minute, you still want to, if it's a minute versus 30 seconds, it might just make your day a little bit nicer. Yeah. So you get about um, 5% uh, improvement over the uh, 12900K. Hmm. Um, so there's there's two bars on this chart now. I've changed up my uh, Cinebench uh, charts from last time. <laughs> The difference is a or Intel has this really high boost right out of the gate for like the first minute, minute and a half, something like that. I can't remember what the exact time frame is. Totally that, depends on the motherboard. <laughs> yeah, it, yeah, it does depend on the motherboard. So when you like run a Cinebench, there's two different ways you can do it. You can either do a single pass, which takes about a minute, or you can do a 10 minute loop. And a 10 minute loop is kind of more realistic for rendering. Like you're, it's not often you're rendering one frame that's just a really quick render. Um, 
But if you do that, you get this really high score. And that's what you'll see on a lot of reviewers using is that really quick test because it's fast. Like they don't, a lot of reviewers are trying to do like this plus 30 different games and a bunch of stuff. So they just do the quickest test they can do. So you get that high score. But if you do a 10 minute test, it drops it by 2000 points, which is like 10%. That's a chunk. Um, yeah. So I included both bars so you could really compare. Um, so yeah, you get a performance improvement, which actually moves it ahead of Ryzen 5950, which is pretty impressive because that has more cores. And typically CPU rendering cares more about cores than speed. Um, so it's actually a kind of a nice boost there. If you're looking at a like a nice 3D modeling system that is doing some like physics simulations, not not um, fluid simulations, because that needs a lot more cores. But other physics simulations are still single-threaded. This actually makes a nice little platform. Um, it's interesting, though, like looking at that. Like, it's, I'm gl- really glad you're doing these like throttle tests on mm-hmm. that because, man, someone going in and if they just look at, you know, I, I don't know how different people do, but they, they might just look at, you know, TomTog or Nantag or whatever. Again, I don't know how they do their testing, but they might look at those or like YouTubers and they'll expect a whole lot more out of like the Intel CPUs when in reality, mm-hmm. Intel and AMD are a lot closer in terms of performance yeah. than what you might expect by just looking at people who just run a quick benchmark and then move on. Yeah. Yeah, it was actually uh, one of our customers that caught that, that because um, that's what our original article writing was based off of was that quick test and it matched what Tom's hardware and Antec, everybody else was posting. So I was like, oh, this, everything's matching up. So obviously we're doing it right. But then our production department, when they benchmark, because when you buy a computer from us, we run all these benchmarks on the system before it ships and you can see all that data. And this customer's like, wait, this test came out way lower than what you published on an article and what everyone else has published and dove into it. And it's because production was like doing a soak test, to like really burning these systems and it comes up with a lower score. So that's yeah, why they don't like, care oh. about, they don't care about straight up performance as much. Like they do, they use that to make sure everything's performing yeah. right, but they're also loading the system because mm-hmm. the whole, one of the points is to make it if it's going to break, make it break for us before it ships. Exactly. Because, man, that's a lot easier and better for everyone. Okay. And so they yeah. really stress that they run things over and over and over and over. Yeah. So now I'm going to do both because, and then we also saw um, in my investigating that, that on a different motherboard, it behaved way differently than yeah. this board. So kind of investigate the whole thing. Jeez. Uh, V-Ray for CPU rendering, because V-Ray is capable of doing both CPU and GPU, or both at the same time. Um, V-Ray actually saw a 1% slower performance than the 12900K. Um, (laughs) Not sure what that is. I ran it multiple times, and it came back the same every single time. Um, So, yeah, not really seeing any performance improvement, but V-Ray has always really scaled with CPU cores. Mm -hmm. And even in previous testing, um, the core speed didn't have as much of an impact as like um, as Cinebench does. Mm-hmm. So it's not terribly surprising. Um, I was just a little surprised that it went backwards. I thought it still would have been a little bit faster. Right. Like maybe it could 2% faster or something, but it somehow went slower. Yeah, I, I do wonder a little bit. So uh, I think William mentioned that we're not listing it yet, even though we have product on shelf because mm-hmm. we're waiting on a BIOS update. Mm-hmm. Um, so I wonder if it might be the same kind of thing that I ran into. So w- what yeah, I ran into in specific was um, in Premiere Pro, only in Premiere Pro and only for live playback. Um, some of the tests we run were giving awful performance, like a third of what it should be giving or a third of what like the 12900K is giving. Mm-hmm. And... Um, we saw that a while ago, uh, actually on a gigabyte motherboard, like when we first got, you know, in hand 12900KS for us to start doing, you know, qualification, testing and everything. And um, at that point, it was like, oh, well, it's just early BIOS. You know, we just got to wait. Um, and so we waited because back then it was actually it, we, had, we were seeing performance issues on everything. And that's that's part for the course. That's standard when you get stuff really early, like the BIOSes don't have full support. It does. It does wonky stuff. So like that, that's not unusual. Um, 
and then the Gigabyte, we actually they, they got us an updated BIOS. Everything's looking great. Everything was performing fine. Uh, we got an updated BIOS from Azus because we primarily use Azus on our core boards. The uh, was it the ProArt Z690 or something mm-hmm. like that. Um, but on that board is where we were seeing weird Premiere Pro performance and just just really low, just really low in that one test uh, or in a couple of tests, but just in Premiere Pro. Uh, but the Gigabyte was fine then. So for most of these charts is with the Asus board, uh, but I had to switch to Gigabyte for my Premiere Pro because like, I mean, in our articles, we're talking about performance, not full system stuff. Yeah. It's really- Straight performance, so we just swapped over. But um, it could be like this V-Ray. Like once they fix that problem with Premiere, it might percolate down to V-Ray or something. Who knows? Yeah. It's always really hard to know when you have stuff that's either at launch or pre-launch, um, or even for the first couple of weeks after launch. Like things get kind of wonky sometimes. Yeah. And in the long scheme of things, I wasn't too worried about it for this because we're not selling this CPU for a V-Ray rendering system, anyways. Oh. Um. Anyone that is using the CPU for viewer rendering is probably doing GPU rendering and they're just like slapping on the CPU since it can use both at the same time. Um, just to get a little extra bonus, then it's just they're just looking at it as a bonus, not like trying to get the maximizing CPU rendering performance. Um, they want a, a good modeling system, good simulation system, and then get a little bonus rendering out of it. Yeah. Yeah, so it's it's it, the twelve nine hundred KS, like all in all. I don't know. I feel like it's an okay, it's an okay product. I, I think it's gotten a lot of hate. Like I, I've been watching a lot of the hardware subreddits, Intel subreddit and stuff, and like people's reactions to you know YouTube videos from other people. Um, I think for like gaming, which is like what most YouTube reviewers um, and other places look at, like I think yeah. for there it sounds like it's like it's just a absolute nothing. Um, mm-hmm. But it, I, I'd say in some content creation workflows. Um, Mostly, it sounds like After Effects and Photoshop are like the two. We're like, yeah, okay. There's there's a there's an ROI there. Like, you can justify the higher cost, um, and you know it'll be there. But for everything else, man, it sure seems like it's like there's either something better, like from AMD, or it's not better than twelve nine hundred K. So like, yeah, why spend the money? I feel like if they had launched this first and then the twelve nine hundred K now. Like people would have been like, oh, the 12900K is amazing. It's nearly the same performance for $150 less. But yeah. Because yeah. of the order they did it, it's like, ooh, this more for nothing, not much more performance. Yeah. I bet though mm-hmm. that they, um, this has basically just been 12900Ks. Mm-hmm. They, they had enough overproduction. They were seeing that, hey, we could enable, you know, or we can clock up a little bit higher on these, you know, those yeah. ones we're getting good enough yield. So, I mean, to them, to like Intel, it's like, well, why not? Why not? Yeah. Like, sell something at a higher cost that's a higher bend. Right. Okay. I mean, I, I get it from Intel. Oh, right. yeah. Same thing with like a video <laughs> with the 3090 Ti. Like, I totally right. get it. Especially because like video cards, like, they must be looking at like, all these scalpers that are taking, you know, normal cards and then selling them, you know, taking a 3090 and selling it for like four grand. It's like, well, well why can't we do that? Yeah. <laughs> Let's hope they don't. Like, don't give them any ideas. Well, I feel like NVIDIA was trying, or not NVIDIA, uh, Intel was trying to do something to counter AMD's, was it 5800 3D? X3D or whatever. Right. Like, they just wanted something in the marketing scheme to like, combat the marketing cycle so they're yeah, like hey yeah. let's we have this higher bin let's get this out to kind of have an answer because like there's no other launch coming up anytime soon for cpus so they need something yeah it isn't the x3d isn't it supposed to be like really good for like gaming i think like, so uh, lightly threaded stuff so yeah it might be that like they looked at this and like well, well hey we'll raise the turbo clocks that should make it better for like gaming and the things that yeah. they 5000X3D is supposed to be going for. And unfortunately, they might have shot themselves in the foot because it sounds like it's not any yeah. better for those workflows. Well, <laughs> for those I've, always, I've always had, as a gamer and a game developer, always hated the, the CPU comparison for games because like it's always the only way to get the CPU to make a difference is if you lower your resolution to like 1080p or lower and like drop ray tracing off so that you 
create a bottleneck and then you're looking at getting you know, multiple hundreds of frames per second and then mm -hmm. then you can start to see differences in cpus but like most people that's not going to make a difference if you were a game at 4k and you want all the fancy effects going then the cpu has like a couple of frames difference yeah. and not it's, it's not noticeable and, and it feels really almost like artificial <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it feels like, I mean, because we kind of have to deal with the same thing, too, with, like, Premiere Pro and After Effects, where we do have, like, here's a GPU test. Is anyone ever really going to do this? Well, probably not. There might be a few people in the world, but really not. But hmm. the difference that we take is we look at both ends of the spectrum. We say, like, okay, here's, like, the overall score, what most people are going to be doing. This is probably relevant to most people. Here's the extreme. Like, you're going to be somewhere in here, but we'll give you the two kind of, like, it's not the two extremes, but it's like the average to the extreme mm -hmm. and let, you know, people draw from there. And like, yeah, it'd be really great if in all these like uh, game reviews, if they had a like, here's the normal and then here's the extreme. Yeah. So like you at least have a frame of reference because, yeah, I bet there's a lot of people that make totally misinformed purchasing decisions because, oh, yeah, I watched Linus, Jay, whoever, yeah. and they said that like the CPU will be, you know, 10, 20 percent or 10 or 20 fps higher and the reality is like no that's why i often include an fps i didn't this time but in other launches i've have an fps test in my unreal engine for cpu articles because i would show that like yeah and this scene at 1080 you could see a difference the same scene at 4k you can't see a difference and like mm -hmm. professionals are not running 1080p or they're not trying to hit hundreds of frame rates. So yeah. hundreds of FPS. So it's not going to make a difference in a professional workflow. For yeah. some gamers, maybe they'll get, if you're good enough that you're running a couple hundred frames per second and have those high refresh rate monitors and all that stuff, it'll, maybe it'll make a difference, but not in a professional workflow. Yeah. Right on. Good. So just before, as we're wrapping up here, uh, we have this interesting question from uh, Sonic521 on Twitch. This, uh, I also have a question. What's up with the new power supply standard thing by Intel? From what I saw, it looks like it's just trying to counter NVIDIA's absurdly large power spikes that happened for a split second. Yeah. That's so, a really cool spec. That's the ATX12 thing, right? Uh, no. So there, no. there's two. There, there's two like newish <laughs> specs. There, there was one where they were trying to transition the power supply to only provide 12 volt, and then the motherboard has to convert it to 5 volt, 3.3 volt. I think I think it's mostly just those two, uh, because like a, a SATA um, hard drive needs 5 volt and 12 volt. Video cards just need 12, so like it's really straightforward. Um, there's a lot of things on motherboards that need 3.3 volt. Um, and so what the idea is, the power supply can be a whole lot simpler, a whole lot more efficient. And it's, but then it tacks that onto the motherboard now has to do all that converting. So that means like, hey, you want to plug in your SATA drive? Well, not only after you have to plug data into your motherboard, now you also have to get power from the motherboard. Yeah. So and that's like, the 12 volt spec. That's the idea of the 12 volt. That, yeah. oh, okay doesn't seem to be catching on a lot and seems to be tailored toward lower power stuff that doesn't need, you know, imagine a, a motherboard that had 12 PCI Express power connections for, you know, quad video cards yeah. or something. Right. You're not going to get no, it, that with real estate on a motherboard. The one that's new that I think he's talking about here is the ATX 3.0. Oh, yeah, it's weird. I we I only at least just found out about it a couple weeks ago, um, and the big thing seems to be uh, a new power connector for video cards and other high draw PCI Express devices that supports a lot more power over a single cable. So one cable instead of two or three that some video cards need nowadays. Okay. And included with that bi-directional communication so the card can talk to the board or the power supply and the power supply can talk to the card uh, or maybe just one direction. But anyway, this inability to sort of communicate and synchronize, oh, here's how much power I need. Here's how much power the power supply can provide and kind of lock that in. Um, but then, yeah, also accommodating massive power spikes. Um, and I don't know how it's all going to work out with next-gen video cards because I think some of the stuff was talking about power spikes being able to be double the wattage the card normally draws. And um, yeah, uh, two cards that spiked to 600 or 800 or 900 watts each, 
I don't know how that works on a normal home power circuit or office power circuit. Well, because it's got to be, it's built into the power supply, like the, the capacitor. Because, like, it's not hard. Like, power supplies already have massive capacitors. It's just, like, an extra capacitor so that they can probably, like, spikes. Um, in fact, Houston, you mind switching to my screen? Sure, sure. So I, I think the best write-up, if you want to look at this, is uh, Tom's Hardware. Yeah, they have um, a good one. They, they have a really great write-up. Um, if you go to, like, their... <laughs> I like their their great graphic of you know, this new ATX <laughs> spec. I don't know what this has to do with it, but you know whatever. Um, but especially on their conclusion, they have a really nice section. So like that's the new power supply uh, plug for the GPUs, I believe. And yep. down here are the, the communication data. sensor wires, data wires. So yeah, the power supply and the GPU can talk to each other about like how much power can I draw? Well, you can do this much for this long, okay? And then they they can do it. Hmm. Um, but the the load spikes is this right down here. Uh, so basically what it's saying is if you have a power supply um, and you need 100% of the power supply you know, capacity, it can do that forever. Okay, great. That's that's normal. But now, like, as you go up in how much, like, peak you want to draw. So if you have a 1,000-watt power supply, it can do 1,500 watts um, or 2,000 maybe even, actually. Maybe it can do 2,000, but it can only do that for 100 Nanoseconds? Um, like, nanoseconds. Or, uh, no, it's go, not nano. Oh, it's micro. Is that micro? Yeah, know. micro. It has a milli in the micro. I, I need to uh, but like, okay, if you don't actually need 200%, if you need, don't need 2,000 watts from you know, your 1,000-watt power supply, if you only need you know, 1,600 watts, well, it can do that now for 10 milliseconds. Or if it's only 100, you know, 1,200 watts, then you can do it for 100 milliseconds. Um, and then it also has a duty cycle of like, how long does it have to wait? So if you're doing 100 millisecond bursts, it has to wait 50% of that 100 milliseconds, I think, if I'm reading this right. So it has to wait 50 milliseconds I, before it can do another boost. I and would like, assume that means 50% of the time it can be boosted. It might be that too. I'm not sure. Again, it's super confusing, <laughs> and I think we're going to have to have a lot come out you know, about like what does this actually mean. Um, but I, I think this is kind of cool. I don't know how useful it's going to be. Like, how much does a you know hundred milli or microsecond boost actually get you? Maybe in gaming it'll be important for like doing some like you know. Well, I have I have seen it where um, like a GPU will spike to over its rated like maximum GDP like as soon as yeah, you turn just, the machine on. Like, yeah, no, just but like, this is like the power yeah. supply itself can go way beyond its spec. Because um, it's spec, I mean, it's still within spec. Because like this is the new spec, so like it's technically in spec, but yeah. um, way beyond its like rated capacity. And I think it's interesting. I think it's going to get very complicated, especially like William was saying with multi GPU setups. Mm -hmm. Like, how is that going to work? Like, is it going to really be smart enough, or is this just another push towards not doing multi GPU setups? Because we're already seeing that push. Like, Nvidia doesn't include SLI on most of their cards. Yep. Um, blower style cards are becoming very difficult to find. Mind, you know, like mm -hmm. just to stack them. Um, so it might be just like Quadro or sorry, RTX A series. Maybe you just won't support this, like period. Um, I, I believe NVIDIA and AMD have already said that they want to support this spec. Intel has said, no, we're not supporting it, uh, which makes sense from Intel because like Intel, like their first gen GPUs, like they're not oh. going to want to try to work in. Oh, you mean on their no, GPUs? No. I was going to say it's yeah, their spec. Like they, they're the ones who wrote this up. Why are they saying? Uh, but yeah, for their yeah, first. Yeah, but it, Intel's like, huge, though. You got to think like Intel doing the power supply stuff is a, almost a different company from so Intel doing. It wouldn't be the first time that Intel supported and prevented something from happening. So. Thunderbolt comes to mind. Yeah, I was just going to say Thunderbolt is easier to get right now on AMD boards for us that works than on Intel boards. It's, like, it's easier to get Thunderbolt on a Mac system than on... Yeah. Well, that's just because like <laughs> Apple you know, leased it exclusively for so long. But, yeah. yeah. But so it's, it's a cool spec. It's an interesting spec. I don't think it's nearly as disruptive as the 12 volt spec. Um, yeah. And the 12 volt thing is just too much. I, I'm sure Dell is going to use that on their small pre belts and stuff. But, yeah, I can see that. Um, us no we're probably never going to see it this though it, like it's it's probably going to be similar form factor and everything so it's really just like hey now you can use this one connector you know and it'll allow you to do these boost thingies hmm. i don't know we're going to have to do a lot of testing like i'm really interested in like well what are we going to do in like our, our test beds 
Like, oh hey, are we going to have to move all of our test beds to 1600 watt power supplies because that'll let us boost more? Or is that yeah. unrealistic? Do we need to actually use like, okay, we're going to standardize on 1000 watt power supplies for Core and Xeon and then 1600 watt for like Xeon or sorry, Core and Ryzen and like 1600 watt for Xeon and Threadripper Pro. I don't know. So we might have to do like power supply scaling GPU testing. <laughs> I, I like having less cords for the power supply. That's nice. Because yeah, the, yeah, the 3090 Ti takes three. Three. Yeah. yeah. And you can't use the pigtails. It has to be the three dedicated lines. So yeah. I, I do also hope, I don't think it's a part of the spec, or maybe I haven't read enough into it. I really hope they can fix the 24 pin motherboard. Plus, like a lot of our boards need two or even three eight pins to the motherboard. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Oh, man, it'd be really nice if they can get that down to like a smaller plug, too, because that thing That'd is cool. bulky and huge and so many different yeah. plugs. Yeah. yeah well, the CPU pin's always like in a terrible spot on the very top that you can't get yeah, to. Awful. Yeah, I can see. I can see where they might move that EPS to to this twelve pin thing. That'd be cool, because yeah, it's still be nice. basically two eights behind there. Or you know, yeah, or, yeah. And then but, just let the motherboard handle those internal five volt and three point three volt. I, I could see that, like asking nice. the motherboard to handle like stuff for like PCIe and like SATA and stuff like that seems stupid, but handling his own internal voltage, you know, swapping that I, I could see that. Yeah, we'll see. Right on. Well, that does bring us a little bit over our hour, so uh, we'll we'll wrap it up. Thanks, you guys. Um, anything else you want to mention or shout out or anything before we go? Uh, only thing I can think of is uh, just a note for people that we will be at NAB in a couple of weeks. So if you're heading out to Vegas during NAB, you know, look us up. We're in yeah. we're in the main hall near the main stage, actually, the entrance mm-hmm. to the main stage. So definitely look us up if you happen to be there. Yeah, check it out. It's gonna be awesome. You know, a lot of fun. All right. Well then, thank you, gentlemen, for joining us uh, for joining us today. Oh, that's right. Necros did have a question about our cable management. We do not have any articles about it, but I'm going to pass that to our production team. Uh, I, think I think that, that would, would be super be a cool. Really good article. Um, to they have internal SOPs. How, how yeah. we do that uh, with pictures and stuff. So, yes, I will. I will kick that over to the right people that that ask because i do think that would be great content so uh thank you again for reminding me that necros um but otherwise thank you all for joining us today thank you gentlemen for taking time out of the day to to join us for our quick little roundup of the 3090 ti and 1200 12900 ks um yeah this is gonna be great thank you guys and I always like to thank the audience as well. We do this pretty much every Wednesday, most Wednesdays, uh, 1 p.m. Pacific. Um, we do this sort of stuff. We bring external experts in as well to kind of give their perspective on what they do and how they do it. So mark your calendars, Wednesdays, 1 p.m. Pacific. We'll see you all next time. Bye. That's it. Yeah.